Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Amen. Uh, happy Easter to you all. Uh, this is an exciting, exciting time. Uh, I, th- I think the video captures so much of, of the heart of Jesus. And I, I thought there was, there was some really cool things. So we've been going through the series on identity over this last month. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at deceived identity, and that's who the world really wants you to be. And the world wants us to be consumed with and identified by our pleasures and our, and our pains. It says it in the video, uh, in trying to own yourself, you became owned. And, and then last week we looked at achieved identity, not talking about our accomplishments as being the, the sole reason that we're alive or anything like that, but saying that who we are, we, we have to look at what, what we've done in our past and understand this is what we've accomplished from, from our, our past transgressions or from our past successes. Today, we're talking about received identity. And this is the identity that we get in Christ Jesus and him raising from the dead. You guys can open up to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to talk about who, who God has called us to be. There is, there is no greater calling. You know, you think about, uh, just the idea of somebody writing you something. Maybe there's somebody in your life who has, who paid you this awesome compliment that you, that you've sat with for a series of time. You know, I remember growing up, I played football and I played basketball. I played football first. And I remember there was a time when my grandpa, I was in eighth grade at this time. I was playing for the East Side Sharks. We were teal and we were orange. This is Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not sure why we're, we're called the Sharks, but we were. And, and we, we had a decent season. But I remember after a game, my grandpa just going up, and he played sports growing up, and he just said, you know, I'm so proud of you. You, you play like I do on that field. And at the time, I, I received it as a compliment. I look back now, and I don't, I don't know if that was – I don't know how good he was, right? You're not sure. But – but I remember in, the, in that moment, I just felt like, wow, that is, that is the coolest thing that I'm, I'm playing like my grandpa. My grandpa's proud of me, and he said, I'm playing just like him. Wow. Somebody who you greatly respect paying you this awesome compliment. Jesus, we're going to look at just a couple of things today, a couple of compliments really Jesus gives us. And there's, again, there's no greater calling than, than to follow him. Uh, we're in 2 Corinthians 5. This is really, Jesus' resurrection is, is God's compliment to us. It's, it's the culmination of the life that he lived and then, and then the life that he chose to die for you and me. It's, it's his banner in the sky. It's this big declaration, you are worth it. It's a billboard sign. You can, you can call it whatever, however big you want to make it, 
That's what Jesus did when he, when he rose from the dead, died on the cross first. I'm just gonna, we're just going to look at two promises that talk about our identity, and I hope we leave with a greater appreciation and really a, a greater responsibility then to live out this calling that God has already uh, decided for us. Amen? Amen? The first thing that happens in the resurrection is that God tells us that we are reborn. Everything is new again. We're in 2 Corinthians 5, and, and the Bible says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced, in verse 14, excuse me, that, that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live for themselves, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are... Therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So stop here. This is the, the reality of being reborn. And there's four components just in the scripture that, that, we, that we see. The first is it, it just says, for Christ's love compels us. And so if you're in Christ, your motivation is entirely different. You, you think about the word compel in the Greek, it just means to make necessary, to give no other option, to basically put someone in a corner that they just have to listen. There's no plan B, there's no way out. The Bible says this is what Christ's love, if we are viewing it properly, this is what it merits inside of all of us. That we say There's no other response than to just live for him. You think about somebody being motivated by love and anybody who's been a parent. A lot of my illustrations have been have been parenthood recently because I'm, I'm feeling it so acutely that it, I just I realized that I, I'm not great at waking up. I used to be able to, to wake up and just get, go through. My, I'm, I'm not great at it. But you know what happens is when I hear Jordan cry, it doesn't matter what time of night it is. I, I wake up and I'm ready to go. And when I. I don't usually hear Madison cry. Uh, Bianca usually has to has to hit me to, to tell me to get up for that. <laughs> but when she does, I get up and I'm not thinking twice. And of course, of course, you're tired. Of course, there's more of the day to to go. And maybe it's four or five a.m. Maybe it's three a.m. And you're like, there's there's just more to do. But you, you get up and go. Bianca could say, "Hey, you want to get up? I'm making some great food at three a.m." I'd say, "You know what? I'll I'll get it when I wake up." There 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 could be. <laughs> There could be a knock at the door, and it could be a, a good friend of mine that say, hey, you want to go play basketball right now at 3 a.m.? It's going to be awesome. And you know what I'd say? No, thank you. Please, please leave my, my, uh, my, my doorstep right now. Have fun. There's, there's virtually no, nothing I would do to, to wake up in the middle of the night except for my children, right? And, and, any, and that's not even exemplary, though. That's not something that's impressive at all. That's normal. That's what, that's what you guys have done, or that's what's been done for you uh, if you're here right now. Your, your parent had to wake up all the hours of the night, be entirely sleep-depraved, all for you. That's being 
compelled by love. And so for, for you and I, our, our motivation ought to be different that in view of Christ's love, we ought to only live for God. Yeah. That's a little sub point. The, ne- the next thing that it, we have is we have a different perspective. It says, so from no- now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. The, the, the lens that we use to view people is totally different. And the lens that we use to view ourselves is different as well. This is what the Bible is saying. Christ's love is the start. But because of that, then we just view everything different. It's a conscious decision. Because it says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So it's, it is true. but It's not just true that you just go into the waters of baptism and you come out and you are refreshed. And then you're like, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna sin ever again. And I'm walking out. And then what happens as soon as you leave, you get cut off and you think a negative thought about that person. And now you know, well, I, I am, I am gonna sin actually. I, I post, post conversion, right? And this is then a conscious decision that we, we have to make on a daily basis. I'd put before us maybe more frequently than that. We just can't view people from a worldly lens. And this is, this is quite difficult. Uh, you know, th- there was a mu- movie made, uh, this is a this is a bit I don't think it's a stretch but we'll see. There's a movie made in the early 2000s. It was with Jack Black and I'm not going to say the title of it. He he played this guy that was uh totally focused on finding love but looking in entirely the wrong places. Uh, and then he gets hypnotized into viewing people or viewing viewing women just on uh how how pure and how beautiful their their inside, what's going on in their heart. And his, his whole life is, is transformed. And he, he finds love and really, so you, you imagine this, the women that, that he found beautiful before are now extremely unattractive to him. The women who he found extremely uh, unappealing and unattractive are now uh, these supermodels in his mind. And it's, honestly, it's a movie that's aged pretty poorly over the last 20 years. And it, I didn't tell you the title because I don't want you to watch it. Uh, <laughs> But I, I do want to ask, if you viewed everybody through the lens of where their eternity is, how, how, would, how would how you interact with them change? Yeah. If you just walked into a room and you thought, where is this person's eternity? Where does it, where does it lie? I, I think we would look at the wealthiest people in our lives or the people that we are most insecure around. I don't know what group of people it is for you. But there's a group of people, and maybe it's more than a few, that you walk into and you're automatically thinking, they are way better than me. They're way better looking. They're way better dressed. They have way more money. I, I am, I'm totally off here. I, and, and you're looking at the outside and you're determining, they, I have nothing to give to these people. There's, there's a reality that if we regard no one from a worldly point of view, then, then the wealthiest in, in your neighborhood, perhaps they need God the most, Right? If we're going to view it that way, where Jesus says that, that it's, it's more difficult for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than, than for the rich to be saved, well then, they, they actually need, they need you way more than, than you need them. Yeah. Their house can be awesome, it can be amazing, it can be beautiful, but you know what they, they need? They need salvation. Yeah. And not just going to church today, they, they, need, they need Jesus. This is a cool one. It says that our destiny is now different. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, 
not counting people's sins against him. What a powerful statement. There's nobody that can say, I'm not going to count your sins against you on judgment day. They can say, I forgive you. They can say, hey, between, hey, between us two, we're good. They can't say your sins are forgiven. That's, that's for one to determine. You know what I'm saying? The consequence of sin, we, we looked at even in the video, is this separation from God. Only Jesus, through his, his resurrecting, gives us the opportunity to, to merge the two. Our destiny is different if we are reborn Christians. Wow. Amen. Then the, the next thing it says is, is that our purpose is different. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You understand this. An ambassador is a representative in a foreign land. It's somebody who is a little bit uncomfortable with the customs, perhaps, but has to learn them. It's somebody who has one objective, and that objective is to represent the country that they're, that they're from. Right. We are called Christ's ambassadors. Yeah. We are called people who, are, who ought to preach the word with our lives and then with our mouths as well. Yeah. That is, that's, yeah. that's who we are called to be. This is an entirely different purpose. I don't know what your purpose was prior to coming today. I, I realize that, that some uh, in this audience, and hear me now, are, are not even in a good spot with God right now. There, there are some, just because the, the group is big enough now, that, uh, that are actually not in a good spot with God. That if, if you die today, you're not, you're not going to heaven. I'm sorry. Wow. I but if you become a Christian, if you give up everything, and we'll, we'll, we can look at what that even looks like love to study the Bible with, with, with you, but if you do that, one of the things you lay down is your entire purpose. It says, in, it says in Luke 14, those of you who do not give up everything you have, you just can't be my disciple. It's not, it's not a question of, you just got to give up ownership of all of it. And you got to take up this purpose to be Christ's ambassador wherever you go. If your coworkers only had you and, and they were supposed to follow the religion of Jaron or the religion of of grace or the religion of Keith or the religion of fill in the blank, would, would, they, would they follow the Bible? Wow. If all they had to look at was your life, would, would they be on the right track to becoming a Christian? Yeah. That's what being an ambassador looks like. The, the second thing, this is encouraging, is that God, God tells us that we are victors. Please, please go over to Romans 8. We're in Romans 8. We're, we're jumping just a little bit. We're going to be in verse 31 to start. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things and this is, Paul, Paul had just shared about all the, the struggles, and he's kind of going through the struggle with sin, and then he talks about some of the, the physical struggles that he has. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then drop down to 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Realize there's, there's no losing with God. If he rose from the dead and we're on his team, then we have hope to rise too. Amen. That's, it's, it is truly 
it is truly that simple. If we are on God's team, then, then we have hope for eternal life. If we're, if we're not, then we don't. He says, you think about how, who can say, who can be against us? Only the person who's conquered it all, right? Yeah. Only the person who's conquered everything can say, you have nothing to worry about if you stick with me. The, the word more than conquerors, it can be translated to be super victors. So we are, we are super victors. I, I don't know if you've got a superhero name. Now you do. It is super victor. I wish there was somebody named Victor in, in, in the room. It would be so cool. But you know what victorious people do? They look through life from the lens of victory. They, they tend to view hardships and challenges as, as something that has helped them to get to the place where they're at. You can talk to anybody who has any measure of success and ask them, what was the most difficult day in your life or the most difficult season in your life? And they would be honest but they would paint it in a lens that it helped them get to the spot they're at. Then in, in Paul, Paul shares this actually though. It's Romans 8.28, just a little bit up. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And, and there's this truth that we know in all things, Paul is writing as a victor. He says God is working for the good in all of it. And when victory is assured, though, we can go through brutal times and still be happy. I don't know how you guys are doing this morning. I realize there's health challenges. I realize there's financial challenges. I realize there's uh, marital challenges, relational challenges. You can fill in the blank. I realize in, in a group like this, that's, that's just true because we're human beings. And so it can be a difficult time. But if you are a victor and if you really believe this, that Jesus rose from the dead and made me victorious then you can go through difficult times and come out more spiritual. Wow, I'm talking about um, I believe most of you know, in, so in the middle of 2019, I, I was, Bianca was pregnant uh, with Jordan. She was a, a few months along. This is pre-COVID, so it was just a different world. Uh, but right. Right, I just can't even go there. So we were still in Milwaukee. We weren't asked to lead. We, we knew Kalamazoo was going to be planted. We just didn't know who was going to be the leaders of the church. And so the Tom and Lori Wilson, um, they, they asked, can we put your names in the hat? And the answer was sure. Thinking that we were the, the lowest names on the hat and really trust, <laughs> sincerely trusting that there's just better people to lead a church than us. And, and so we're not going to be asked. So put our names in the hat. We, that's fine. You know, might as well, then the next go around will, you know what I mean? And, and so, and so that I, it was it was in August I was diagnosed with with cancer actually uh, August 2019 Bianca was pregnant at the time she had just started her second trimester and it was it was localized and so they were able to cut it cut it out right away but there was a span of about a month when I wasn't quite sure if I would have to have chemotherapy or not it was and I did a little bit of research even prior to it's never a good idea to go on the medical websites and right on. But, but it's even worse for me because I was right when I looked at it. I was like, oh, there's only one, you know, these are the symptoms. It was like, this is for sure what it is. You have cancer. I was like, wow, that was pretty quick. And, and so then we went through it. And I, I remember this, this truth, though, that I, I felt like, you know, Bianca's in her second trimester. 
just got diagnosed and there's this month where we're waiting. They took the tumor out and they're waiting to see if my blood, uh, the tumor markers got down to a normal level. If they got down to a normal level then I, and they did some other tests, I wouldn't have to have chemotherapy. If not, then I'd have to go through chemotherapy or I'd have the option to go through chemotherapy. But once I did, it would be totally eradicated. There's a 99.98% all, all the way you're going to be totally good if you do this. And I remember the decision uh, that, that we counted, we talked a little bit, but I just told Bianca, hey, I just want you to know if even there's a little bit, if there's even a little inkling that the doctor leaves the door open to go through chemo, just a little bit, I'm going to do it. I just want you to know that uh, because it's a guaranteed success rate. Yeah. If, I, if I do it, it's going to be the worst, but I'm going to get done. I, I, during this time, I got to talk to uh, one, of my, one of my close friends. He's the leader of the, the church in the Chicago church in the south suburbs of Chicago, Ian Peel, his name is. And he actually, he had cancer when he was young, younger as well. And he shared similar stuff. He just shared that I, there was a few options for getting chemotherapy. Should I go through the most, I could go through the most rigorous one and it would be like going through hell for about nine months. Or I could go through about a year and a half of intermittent treatments and he said the decision for me was easy and, and it was to just go through the worst of it and just know it's going to be better in the end. If you know that victory is assured, you know, and thank God I didn't have to, uh, the, the cancer was totally caught it way early, it's totally taken out. So I, I'm grateful I didn't have to go through chemotherapy at all. But if, if victory is assured, you can go through difficult things, and certainly they're still tough, but the decision to continue to go through them is not very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a good point. If, if your victory in Christ is assured, then you can go through whatever, whatever trials you go through. As C.S. Lewis, uh, he says in his book, The Great Divorce, he says the afterlife, uh, this is just his, his imagination, that in, in the afterlife, time will travel backwards as we look upon our lives in heaven, we will see our lives and all the pain of trial and tribulation will disappear in the light of the triumph of being with God. Wow. In hell, the pleasure of and the lure of sin will all fade away when you look back at your life and realize what could have been. Wow. And so we, we, are, we are those who are super victorious we are those who have been reborn. We have the opportunity to be one with Christ. I, I want to say this morning that, your, believe me, your highest calling in life is to follow Jesus. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But we're, we're preparing ourselves for communion right now. I want to read a little bit about who Jesus is. Amen. Since he is before all things... He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. He is that which holds it all together. He is the word and the word became flesh. He is light. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the good shepherd. He is glorious. He is the lamb of God. He is mighty. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. He is wonderful counselor. He is the one. He is the I am. He is a warrior, but he is gentle. He is humble. He is holy. He is forgiving. And he is a healer. He is zealous. And he is wisdom. He is the gate. 
He is the bread of life and he is the vine. He is divine. He is unlikely. He is a sufferer, but he is willing. He is a leader and a ruler. He is king of kings and he is Lord of lords. He is first, he is fruitful and he is pure in heart. He is meek, but he is obedient and he is submissive, but he is righteous. He is a peacemaker, yet he's persecuted and he is perfect. He is bold. He is courageous. He is the lion of Judah. He is selfless. He is vulnerable. He is surrendered and he is extremely faithful. He is confrontational. He is convincing and he is convicting. He's challenging, yet he's patient. He is expecting obedience, yet he is gracious and merciful. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the end. He is the firstborn from among the dead. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is a man, yet he is God in the flesh. He is love. He is grace. He is raised from the dead. He is our Savior, and Jesus is Lord. Amen. We're going to pray right now for communion. And certainly we had a great time on Friday remembering the sacrifice that, that Jesus gave on the cross. And so take some time to remember that. But take some time to remember him raising from the dead as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, thank you for being you. Thank you for deciding to, to give to us. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for raising again. Thank you that you give us the, the model, not only of how to live, but also how to suffer. Lord, we, we thank you for all that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to turn away from sin. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to be reborn and to be changed. God, thank you that you have you've given us the opportunity to be super victors. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, Jesus. This is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.